Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a former officer in the United States Army, Mr. Patrick Watson. Thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, first of all, thank you for your service. I know you served the country for like, what, eight years? Yeah, just about eight years. Now, you got introduced to the Army through the uh, ROTC program. So how did you become involved with ROTC? Uh, so, you know, I grew up in a military family. Uh, my dad served, grandfather served, cousins and uncles. Um, and, you know, with that, just grew up uh, seeing the military, being around military bases, um, you know, and I was inspired by seeing my dad uh, lace up his boots, you know, every day. Uh, and somehow things just kind of aligned. So I actually started with ROTC in the um, JROTC program in high school. Um, and that, you know, it was kind of my first taste um, into the military. Uh, and then I was fortunate uh, to receive a, a four-year uh, Army ROTC scholarship uh, to South Carolina State University. Um, it initially was three years, but then they turned it into four years. Uh, and I ended up signing that contract. They paid for school. Uh, and before you know it, I commissioned um, as a second lieutenant in the Army Infantry in 2009. Did you, did, being that your father was in the military, did he actually push you towards like RTC? Yeah, he did. He did. It was, you know, it was that and, and like peewee football. So those are like two things that um, he wanted to see me do. But I mean, I had interest. You know, I, I always thought um, just being young that I would probably grow up uh, to be. Uh, in the military. I just didn't know, um, you know, which route that I would take. Um, but just, you know, I was definitely influenced by, by him and, and others to, to go and do it. So you actually aspired to be in the military when you was a young boy. Yeah, I thought that I was going to do it. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to like retire from it, um, be a 20 year veteran or anything like that, but, um, just growing up around it. Um, like I said, being close to my grandfather, being my dad, I knew that I think eventually um, I would probably, I would likely make that decision to, to go and do it. Did you actually, did you actually talk to your father before you um, signed up like for RTC? Uh, for college RTC? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I just kind of did it at that time. I mean, a lot of, yeah, at that time it was, you know, they had money for, um, you know, African-American students to get full rides to HBCUs. So um, I remember the packet, you know, um, and you could fill out the same packet and pick up to, I mean, there was a certain amount of schools you could pick up and they would, you know, you send that in and they would send your packet to all of these different schools. Um, so it was something that I knew that I wanted to do. And it was a, it was a way to pay for college. Um, Cause I at one point thought about enlisting into the Marines. Um, but, you know, this kind of, this opportunity came up, um, and so I ended up going that route. Thankful for going that route, actually. Oh wow! So you, so if the Marines was actually in your future as well. Yeah, I spoke to a Marine recruiter. Uh, he came by the house, and I think he took me out. Um, and I actually kind of went through that process, but I didn't think that I really wanted to do that. And so I'm glad that uh, I put a couple of irons in the fire, and I didn't go that route versus you know. Uh, choosing that over school so um, but yeah I remember speaking to the marine recruiter a long time ago. Now I don't know if you're familiar with like other RTC programs but um, 
from school to school? Is it different or are they pretty much standard all the way across the board? I think the curriculum is standard, but I think um, it is different, you know, depending on what school you attend um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, like, you know, uh, just based on size and volume. So I think some of the bigger schools like Texas A&M, you know, they have a huge core cadets and uh, uh, ROTC program. And I think they have like Army, Navy, and a couple of, you know, and Air Force. Uh, and so they, they commission a ton of uh, a ton of cadets um, or a ton of officers each year. Like my program was a bit smaller. So I would imagine that the resources and opportunities and things and, you know, the bigger programs probably – um, are far different than the, you know, the smaller programs, but I think the curriculums are still similar. What, what, when made you end up choosing um, South Carolina State? Um, because I have family in South Carolina, so my grandparents would say um, I spent a lot of time, you know, as a kid. You know, I lived there for seven years as a kid, and then just growing up and going back to South Carolina, um, it, I was familiar with it. Um, so it was a, it was an easy choice. And I think that if I remember correctly, I only had one other opportunity for, to go, to take the ROTC scholarship route. And I think it was Morgan state. Okay. Um, and I, you know, wasn't interested to go on a Morgan. Okay. Now doing, I'm a fast forward to your military time. You actually deployed to war. Um, describe how you felt knowing that you were going to actually be in the heat of battle. Uh, yeah, I was nervous. I was scared. I was terrified. Um, I was eager. Uh, it's hard for a college student. Um, it, it was hard for me as a college student at that time to really understand like the weight of the decisions that I made, you know? Um, but I mean, it's, it's nonetheless, it's kind of what I signed up to do. Uh, and you know, I, I say that I was eager because all, you know, I knew that it was going to be inevitable that we were going to deploy, especially um, in the infantry. Um, so, I mean, natural progression, graduating, commissioned as a second lieutenant, going to, to um, my officer training school, you know, going to ranger school, going to airborne school and aerosol school. Naturally, I knew eventually I was going to get over there. Um, and I think what was inspirational is I knew there was a lot, there were guys that were going over um, that were a lot tougher than me, you know, folks that I call friends um, that were out kind of, you know, at the, the tip of everything. Um, so, you know, seeing them was very inspirational, um, but also I was able to kind of just cope with it all because, you know, it was just inevitable. Um, and so... I mean, I, I do think it was it was great experiences for me, though. Was there anything that you did specifically to, like, prepare yourself mentally for what was ahead? Um, mental preparation? Um, you know, not so much. You know, it's – it was the training. I mean, I did a tremendous – we did a tremendous amount of training. I mean, I, I definitely think that, um, you know – the more and more that we trained um, for deployment, the easier the thought of having to deploy, um, you know, the easier that, that, that kind of came. So um, it wasn't, I mean, I, I think that the training kind of helped the mental piece um, and, and, it, and it just made it a little bit easier. I know guys that like, 
went right out of college, got through their basic course, and then deployed. I was fortunate to have at least a year and a half to two years um, to train and go to schools and train with my unit and stuff before I deployed. So I think that really helped. Okay, so that so that year that that year and, and change space you had between graduating and actually getting acclimated with the military helped you. Yep, yep, I definitely think it helped me. Okay, now you served again close to eight years, and I'm sure you experienced a whole lot. But what were some of the biggest lessons you learned while serving? Um, the biggest lesson. So I, I definitely think that. Um, I think that the like joining the army at such a young age, at least after college, um, it was a coming of age experience for me. Um, and so, you know, like just growing up being super introverted and quiet, um, kind of antisocial, um, and then being uh, kind of thrusted into um, a leadership position, you know, 20 years old where I had 39 soldiers underneath me as a lieutenant in the army. Um, I definitely like, you know, it was the ultimate coming of age experience. And I, and that is where I really started to develop like the leadership skills, um, and some of the values that I have now. Um, so, um, I think the leadership, the values, um, and also, um, just like, you know, the importance of team, cause you can't do anything. I mean, in the military, at least in my branch of the military, um, you know, it, it's it's certainly, you know, you're you're reliant on your team and the NCOs and the soldiers that are around you. So it definitely gave me a heavy reliance on team. Um, but also, like, it, I mean, you know, as an officer, I developed many of the skills that I use now today, um, you know, in my current roles in the civilian role, um, civilian world. So biggest takeaways are just leadership, values, importance of teamwork, um, and then kind of those, some of those um, soft skills and things that um, I've been able to take and transition over to my current, my current role um, with my, the company I work for now. Now, you mentioned, in doing that answer, you mentioned that you were young and, and you were an introvert. Did that give you any reservations about leading, knowing that was gonna, you was going to be in charge of like 30-something soldiers? Um, you know, not really. Um, I think each day, I mean, I got better with it each day, you know, as a, as like an ROTC cadet and even as a young military officer, I mean, in the infantry, they kind of taught us a couple of things. I mean, you don't add a lot of value to your, um, to your organization or your platoon or your, your company as a, a young second lieutenant as a butter bar, right? Cause you're fresh out of school you know, you've got some training um, and, you know, they kind of throw you up there as the leader of this platoon who, you know, many of my soldiers had already had combat experience and they had just came back from a deployment. So like being physically fit um, and having all the credentials, you know, like the badges, airborne school and aerosol school and going to ranger school, those are like the biggest contributions a young second lieutenant can bring to his platoon. And fortunately I was able to kind of, you know, check those blocks. So, um, I was confident, um, you know, in, in, in what I was doing, even though I didn't know a whole lot. Um, and then, like, like I said, I mean, it, you know, being around, being, going on active duty was, was just so natural to me because I witnessed, like, my dad 
do that for so long growing up. So I just felt like it was natural um, and I was going to be good at it regardless. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't as daunting, you know, jumping up there in front of, uh, you know, senior non-commissioned officers and, and young E4s and stuff that thought they ran the, ran the army. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most rewarding thing about serving? Um, certainly, man, just the opportunity to deploy. I deployed three times Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and so, you know, each time going over there and coming back just to thank you for your services is, is, was rewarding, just as rewarding then as it is now. Um, and so the, the opportunity to um, serve alongside, you know, um, young guys who, you know, I mean, some of these guys were eager to really just go and serve their country because it was, um, you know, it was like a, uh, it ran in the family for them or just because they were compelled to do it. So that was, that was an awesome experience. And then also, you know, just the having the experience to lead and, and do those things at such a young age and, and kind of grow up in the military. Um, I mean, those were kind of the most rewarding things for me because it really shaped who I am now. Okay. Now we often hear um, because I worked in the I work in the civilians I worked in the civilian sector, and you have transitioned out. And you often hear about it's a difficult transition from the uh, from the military in general to being a civilian. Did you actually find it difficult? Um. Yeah, you know it's it was tough. I mean, I I think it, it's tough. Um, it, it, because it, it's, it's a tough transition to really think about. I think like the military is successful because of the culture, because of the values, because of the way it conditions someone to like fall in line to, you know, to like the military way of life. So, you know, military life is a lot different than civilian life. Um, and so just kind of like thinking, like being able to wrap your head around that, thinking through that, like what are the differences? I mean, really, you know, now that I've been out for four years, really there's no difference between what I'm doing now and what I was doing as a military officer. It's just, you know, wearing different clothes and not wearing a uniform. But back then, just there's, there's just so much, you know, kind of just so much uncertainty um, because I, you know, went straight from college and went straight into the army. So it was a full-time job. So, yeah, it, I mean, I thought, I think it, it was tough for me to really think about an actual transition and what it would look like outside of the military. Fortunately, um, there are a lot of programs in place, you know, the military has its own transition program. There are a lot of external transition programs. Um, I, and fortunately I knew a lot of folks that had already gotten out that I were very, I was very close to that kind of made the transition easier. Um, but it was scary at first, you know, not really knowing how to interview, not knowing, you know, if you would assimilate into like cultures of some of these companies you were interviewing with, not knowing how to get an interview. Fortunately, I was able to land with a headhunter that does a lot of um, military to civilian transitions. Um, so that kind of made it easier, you know, as the process, um, as I, you know, got got more and more in depth with that process, it became easier um, because what I realized was that there's a lot of companies out here that are looking for, um, you know, the skill sets that veterans uh, can bring to, you know, their companies. It's just kind of getting your foot in the door, getting comfortable with that and understanding how to really clearly communicate and articulate what those skills are um, with these companies. So 
it was hard at first, but it eventually got better. Now, once you got out, you also um, went back, went to Ohio State to complete your masters, correct? I did. Yep. What field did you? What, you, what field did you go into? I got an MBA, so I got a master's in business administration, um, which was awesome. Um, because one, I went to you know a small HBCU, South Carolina State, and you know I was able to get an MBA from like the third largest public university in the country. Um, the Ohio State. So that was great. Um, you know, um, in addition, like it, it was an opportunity to really enhance and strengthen, you know, my skills because my current role, I do a lot of um, business development, marketing, you know, those types of things. So um, going to business school, you know, really helped strengthen my business acumen. And it was just a, it was a crazy experience. Um, a crazy experience, but I learned a lot. And that really like, you know, put a lot of things in perspective for me. Um, um, and, you know, I definitely am a better person because of it. And you had an, you also had a unique experience. You did something not too many people get to do. You actually traveled to China doing that master's program. What was that experience like? Yeah, so we did 10 days um, in China, which, you know, again, just among many of the great things about Ohio State. Um, Ohio State has a, a huge network, right? They have an international gateway um, where a lot, of, uh, a lot of students come over from China and they study at, at Ohio State. So um, there's, a, there's, you know, conversely a huge uh, Ohio State network over there. So we had the opportunity to... Um, go to uh, Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Um, we visited, you know, um, a, lot of, um, a lot of companies, um, a lot of business lines over there that were, you know, instrumental in shaping um, the, econ the uh, Chinese economy. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to talk to business leaders and hear briefings. We got an opportunity to explore, you know, um, during the daytime and then the nightlife. I mean, it was amazing. It really changed my perspective on the world because um, I don't know, you know, for some reason, like you think, even though China is a developing nation and, you know, they're, they're leaders in technology and, you know, there's a lot of great things going on with China. It's really hard to put that stuff into perspective until you get over there. Um, in Hong Kong, it's just like New York City, you know, Beijing and Shanghai or just like any other, you know, bustling, just like any other American city. Um, so it was amazing to have that experience and very, um, very enlightening um, to see, to see their culture. Um, and especially, you know, um, the opportunity to see, you know, how, how they think about business. Um, so that was, that was very interesting. Do you think their perspective is, is different than like a big difference from ours or? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I think that, you know, I think that, uh, I mean, I think there's some, probably some cultural differences that probably shape their perspectives, but I don't think that their perspectives are, you know, much different than ours. I mean, you know, their economic growth is um, is driven by you know um, technological advances and exports and you know um, business in, in those categories the same way that it is in the United States. Um, I think that um, I, I don't think there's much difference other than 
um, than just just Chinese culture. Um, but I would I would definitely compare uh, the United States uh, and China um, in that regard as being similar in 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 the way of thinking. Now you, I see you got your vision board in the background, and you always doing a lot of planning. Um, what's some of the biggest goals you're looking to accomplish? Uh, yeah, so I'm working on a, another master's degree, so master's in healthcare uh, administration um, from George Washington University. I'm about four months into that program. It's an online program. It's actually a hybrid. So there's a couple of um, couple of courses that I actually take on campus. Um, and then there's some traveling required. So um, I should be done with that uh, in May of 2022, uh, which sounds like a long time from now. Um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> working on this master's. Um, also, you know, I'm looking to relocate. So in that process of um, relocating back to the DMV area, um, that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now and I'm finally putting some wheels um, in the motion on that. Um, and then also, you know, thinking about um, business opportunities um, and, and strengthening, you know, my entrepreneurship muscle. Um, I think now, you know, with everything that's going on in the economy and in the world um, would be a great opportunity to, uh, to um, start a business, um, to take advantage of, of some of the opportunities that are out there right now. Man, I, just to get a chance to talk to you and see all the, the things you're doing, man, watching you grow up, man, I can't, I can say, man, I'm truly proud of everything you're doing, man. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you know, I thanks for being flexible with this. Um, and I like, you know, what you're doing, the opportunity to share stories and different perspectives and things like that. I think it's inspirational. Definitely, man. Well, just keep up the great work, man. I see you got your vision board up, and I know you got some great things ahead, so I'm just going to sit back and continue to respect and admire everything you're doing. I appreciate it, James. Thanks. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode, and you all have a great day.